0: The blast from our past network. Cartwright!
1: Cartwright! Hello, oh. Newman. This is so f***ing <laughs> good! No good
0: for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter!
1: Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love this stuff and we want to bring it to you and we want to talk about it. We want to talk about it in length. Uh, I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And this episode, we are giving you season three, episode 10. It is entitled The Stranded, and it aired on November 27th, 1991. Now, wait, before we get into anything else or the synopsis or whatnot, this is a funky episode, Corey. I know you know, tell us all about like, why is this one a special kind of episode?
0: Yep, I'm uh, sitting right here holding my Seinfeld box set, and this episode sits nicely as episode nine, season two. They uh, they moved it to season three. We've we've talked about this so many times, um, mm-hmm. and it's just like like we we haven't quite figured out
1: why. But uh, yeah. other than possibly Larry David wasn't a big fan of it. That's that's all I found, uh, and that pretty much the, the extent of my research came from a, what was on Wikipedia, <laughs> where <it's laughs> well, basically it's, it said. Yeah, it, it was meant to come out. It was shot and, you know, uh, meant to be released in Season 2, but it was postponed because, I guess, Larry David was unhappy with it. Maybe they did some reshoots later, or maybe, I don't know, uh, or just, just needed more time in editing or something. I, I'm I'm not fully sure why they decided to postpone it, as opposed to just scrap it fully. I Well, I guess... Cost
0: wise, you never really scrap anything fully, yeah. right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and I was, uh, you know, doing the usual YouTube research, and I could not find any behind the scenes uh, episode or YouTube minisode on mm. this one. Although I did find an interview with Michael Chiklis about this episode, and he doesn't really talk too much specifics uh, into like the story of the episode itself, but he talks more like he, the reason he got the job was because he knew Larry David from his time from M- Michael Michael. Chiklis's time bartending at a bar in uh, Soho and Larry David Uh. would come in doing his do a stand up bits and stuff like that before I probably before he got a job on SNL or whatever Mm -hmm. as a writer and uh, so Michael Chicklis was just the bartender there and he kind of just got to know him and everything Mm -hmm. and uh, the only other tidbit of information really is that he said that um, when literally the day that they started to film uh, I think the, uh, the first Iraq war started and Jerry Seinfeld's real parents were in Tel Aviv at the time, uh, so they literally mm. had to just start filming right when all of that was happening, mm. uh, the first, you know, uh, Iraq war, and they, he's like, you know, and we had to just suck it up and just, you know, do the job, essentially, and I was like, wow, yeah. that, interesting, but that's it, nothing behind, like, no reason why it was, you know, canceled or pushed or whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, that is interesting. Also, I did find out that during the initial broadcast, uh, you know, when this came out, you know, during its season three, it, this uh, they included a special introduction by Jerry to explain the whole continuity error of George still having a job and working in real estate, because, you know, if you're watching this normally, he, you know, almost famously has no job and is a worthless peon. And then all of a sudden in this episode you know he's going to a work party and he's you know got his job he talks about it you know ad nauseum in this episode actually so 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 there was like an actual mm -hmm. scene where like jerry seinfeld the actor stood in front of the camera and explained it to the audience i don't know if it was a scene it wasn't a scene like in the episode but yeah yeah, but i think that's exactly what you mean yeah but they played it probably before even like the intro music or whatnot came in or the stand-up or whatever just because they were trying to like you know not confuse the audience so they were just like Hey, everybody, what's the deal with uh, George's job?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good so, one. <laughs> that, that's it.
1: But, yeah. Uh, okay. Any, do you have any other special tidbits yeah, about the episode?
0: No. No, that was it. Uh, okay. Michael Chiklis didn't bring too, too much to the table. It was more about him. Um, yeah, so I. I that's cool. it. That's all I got.
1: I do want to say Chicklis has a pretty decent range because you know he's a he's a kind of a weird funny guy in this one. Very a far cry from his uh, days as in the Shield that we see much later.
0: Yeah, and it almost makes me wonder: Did Chicklis start out as wanting to be a comedian uh, before uh, he became? Because yeah. like, wasn't the commish sort of like a drama comedy show? I never watched. I it. never saw it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, me neither. I did love the the Shield Man. The Shield was freaking yeah, of awesome. That it was so, uh, but this is not the Shield sign, uh, podcast. This is the <laughs> Seinfeld, the Cartwright Seinfeld podcast. So, uh, let's talk about this episode. And let, uh, how about you tell us the synopsis of The Stranded? Yes, sir.
0: The Stranded George strands Jerry and Elaine at a Long Island party because his sexy co worker came on to him. The party host, Michael Chiklis, later visits Jerry in the city and has fun with Kramer and a hooker. <laughs> that makes it sound like it was him, Kramer, and a hooker all having fun together.
1: Yes, it does. It's I find it kind of humorous that they don't use the word escort because that's what they kind of call it later. Is you know, yeah. uh, where Kramer, you know, and we all know what it, an escort, escort
0: is. Like that's kind of the yeah. what you sort of say. And she wasn't a hooker; she was an escort. There is a difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think sexual favors were well we'll get to it you know what we'll get (laughs) to it later yeah yeah we shall discuss um because they said hooker there who knows all right but we start off per usual with a stand-up bit this one about pharmacies and drugs
0: Yes, drugs and pharmacies uh, jerry's in uh Jerry talks about being in a drugstore and uh, trying to pick out some cold medicine, and there's like a wall of it, and he's like, this is you know what's the deal with the wall of cold medicine mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, this one uh, is long lasting, but this one's you know fast acting what you know what do I need? do I need to feel better now or later and then he's like in the commercials, they always show like this half cut out guy with his mouth open and you know wavy lines are going through him, his foot's on fire, he's getting hit by lightning, and you know he's like I've never had a doctor ask me, "How are you feeling?" You know, "Are you having any lightning with the pain?" And I was like, "Okay, that's that's not terrible." And it sets up the yeah. the beginning to where Jerry and George are in the pharmacy.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh which is exactly our first scene. But before we get into the drugstore, I want to talk about the establishing shot. Yes. Did you notice something weird about that? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I wrote that down, dude. I said, Dude, I, I saw it. And I was like, whoa. I had to pause it and be like, what the fuck is that on the marquee yeah. on this shot? <laughs> yeah, and, dude. and as you obviously noticed, there was a sign that said, a big sign in big letters that said, I need more sex, and it was like a movie, and it said starring Amber Lynn, who I looked up. Amber Lynn is like a famous adult film actress yep. from like the eighties and nineties. Yeah, dude, so. that
0: is a hell of a of an establishing shot for a for a sitcom for a nineteen eighty one sitcom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I wouldn't like, have even seen it had if I wasn't. I paused it right because I was still like uh-huh. I, I, I still sort of taking notes on the on the opening stand up, and so I kind of paused it, and so like I'm like looking. down down at my paper, and I look up, and I'm like, hmm,
1: that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, I actually try to do a little bit of investigative journalism or investigative whatever. Um, Apparently, Amber Lynn never had a movie called I Need More Sex. Uh, This this wasn't a real movie. It was maybe – maybe it was just a fake thing that they did or – I don't know, but also, also they didn't, you didn't see the full name Amberlin. the kind of, there was a street sign covering the A, and so maybe it was, maybe it was just kind of like a gag on the whole thing or something, but it was it it took me out of it obviously as <laughs> Yeah, i know me too we both <laughs> yeah. we both looked at it and we were like oh that's interesting <laughs> yes cuz
0: like is it uh, some uh, kind of like 1991 matte painting or something cuz you know it's not cgi
1: or anything no it's certainly not so it it might be yeah they might have just just painted over that one spot with something that uh, that said exactly that you know cuz it wasn't cuz that was obviously like a real street in new york yeah so i'd be i would be kind of surprised if they actually you know change the marquee lettering in that i mean maybe they did but for just like a silly establishing shot like that but yeah okay yeah yeah i i, mean, I was i was shocked uh, i
0: was shocked by that
1: yeah <laughs> so uh all right all right let's get into the uh first scene that's at a drugstore um and G- george and jerry are there uh Jared, george apparently has fleas um i i can't remember even why the hell yes, he has fleas, but uh, they're talking about some party in Long Island uh, because uh, he wants to go there because this cute girl from his office is also going there and, you know, he, he has a thing for her. Um, th- that's basically the whole gist of the beginning of that. Uh, what kind of gets into like the funny part here is when George pays for his drugs, um, he thinks he pays with a $20 bill and the lady believes it's with a $10 bill. And she and he kind of freaks out in whole George fashion. And the whole the thing is that caught my head was, didn't we see don't we see this same exact bit later where George or Jerry has like they talk about like the 20 with like the big lips or the 100 oh. or whatever with the big lips. And yeah. like they have this this whole kind of thing. I felt I thought this was this was that moment. But then it, like they he didn't talk about doodling you know the doodle on the on the thing but like that was a whole thing later it's like getting wrong change or whatever because like i know i had the 20 in my hand because i, I doodled on it but it's, it's like, almost
0: like they didn't fully realize the bit in this one and they yeah. wanted to kind of go back and redo it now the thing that i tracked was that when george pulled out his wallet it was a normal sized wallet it wasn't like overflowing <laughs> was with huge. everything yeah. and i was like ah george you know and, and we know that that wallet's just gonna grow and grow as yes as the yes show it goes will. on maybe this is
1: this is, the, this is the early bits of that, and then <laughs> yeah. it will exactly it will grow.
0: But my only other thing about this about this bit is, all you, all she has to do is pop open the register, look in the twenty dollar till, and yeah. if there's a ten in the twenty dollar, or you know, or vice versa, yeah. if there's a twenty in the ten dollar till, then you yeah. know that George is right. True, That's it.
1: problem solved. That's that is good and simple, damn. Like that, that seems not difficult at all. Yeah, I you've I've worked register before. The shit like this has yeah. happened. All you do is pop the drawer <laughs> up and be like, "Look,
0: I'm looking in my twenties. There's you know like it, no like or I'm looking in my tens. Yeah. There's only tens here. I wouldn't have you know. Yeah. So that's it. Problem yeah, solved. Yeah, because if good. you thought,
1: if you thought it was a ten, you would have put yeah. that twenty. You would have just 10 put But notice that oh mm-hmm. whoops. So yeah, and, and the thing is, also we don't get any closure of who's at fault. We have no idea by the end of this episode, and I'm going to kind of be a reoccurring thing with this, and I think that's probably why, you know, story-wise, this, this episode is kind of everywhere, and we don't get any real good closure with a lot of stuff here. No. Um, and, like, yeah, we have no idea if George was wrong or if the lady was wrong, and maybe that's why they brought this bit back up, because it's funnier when George is wrong about it. Um, and, like, he should have been wrong. I don't blame—I I want to blame, you know— one of the Seinfeld four yeah. times because they're terrible people. <laughs> yeah. No, you want to so. blame George, you know, he's yes. wrong. You want him to find out that he's wrong. Yeah. But, but we have we, we don't get that here at no. all. We have no. no idea. So yeah, I think they, ju- uh, I think they
0: revisited the joke and they're like, we pro- we didn't, we didn't do it right. We didn't do this joke
1: yeah. justice. Yeah. That's gotta be it. So, uh, all right, we cut to the party and, uh, Elaine apparently also, join them because Jerry, I guess, begged her or whatever to come. Um, you know, we see George. He's talking to this attractive Ava from his work. Things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Jerry Who and Elaine. is way out of his league. Oh, way out of his... I mean, that's a terrible thing to say because I married... We both married people <laughs> we, way out of our league. <laughs> yeah, we so, both did. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not... <laughs> it's not... You know, there is there are no leagues here. I, I, if there were leagues, I would be... So we'd be marrying each other. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: This is true, but in our defense, we
1: are no George Costanzas. That is true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. We are uh, vastly superior to him. (laughs) I would think so. And can I just uh, say real
0: quick, because I don't think you're going to probably get to it. Uh, I noticed Jerry's 36 years old. I kind of pegged him as being a little bit younger than that. He mentions uh, that he's 36. When oh, she's does like, I don't,
1: I, Yeah, I missed that part. Yeah,
0: because she was, she was like, uh, it was when they were talking about how they're going to get out of conversations. He's like, I'm just going to tap my head. And she's like, how old are you? He's like, 36. I was like, come on. Uh, I kind of always pegged him as being a, like on the earlier side of 30s.
1: Yeah, I mean, particularly probably because with Elaine, I probably assumed she was like 28, 29 yeah. right now. And maybe she is It's meant to be that, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe a little bit later, maybe her early 30s. Uh, but yeah, okay, I didn't, yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense, you know, thinking about it, 36. But like, y- you always think that they're supposed to be skewing younger. But yeah. I think he skewed exactly where he was supposed to be, which it just feels weird for TV. <laughs> <If that laughs> yeah, ma- it's like he's too old sense. for TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, because then friends came over and like, Hey, we want to do this exact same thing, but skew younger and not be as funny.
0: And that's a, Yeah. And that's the thing. Like friends, they're all supposed to be uh, in their late twenties because Ross mm-hmm. mentions like, I don't want to have two divorces before 30. And I'm like, clearly David Schwimmer's like 38 right here. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, you kind of brought it up already, but Jerry and Elaine, they, they have a pretty good discussion, um, about all of their different kind of like signals, you know, maybe, maybe the chicken wing or, uh, patting their head to kind of like signal when they're in a bad conversation and they need to bail each other out. Uh, I love that we get a kind of a little bits here of them being in bad conversations and them like patting their heads and whatnot. And just kind of like, it, it's humorous. I want to say I have always loved the george washington carver conversation like how this like how this one guy devoted his entire life to the peanut and this one dude is so fixated on that it is very interesting to me and i've always thought it was a funny just bit of dialogue that one guy and i think he the the one party goer does a fantastic job of of playing a huge fan of george washington carver (laughs) Yeah, that
0: honestly um this whole entire party scene uh, is I really enjoyed. I thought it was all very very relatable. We've all been mm-hmm. in various situations like this where we're all like in terrible conversations and I just love when Jerry sits on the couch next to that guy and the guy just the first sentence that comes out of his mouth, Jerry just looks at him and starts tapping <laughs> his head. <laughs> yes. you, could, you could
1: just see the horror in Jerry's eyes, you know. Yeah. Yep. Very relatable. It is very relatable because we've all been in those kind of situations where we want to be bailed out. Uh, I don't want to skip over the, the – I'm still on the George Washington Carver guy. <laughs> yeah, that's line. fine. Yeah. I love his line uh, when he's talking to Elaine and he's like, you know, I just – I can't believe, you know, how one man would devote himself to a peanut. I wonder if every worked with the pecan. <laughs> now, is that considered a nut? cuz i know the cashew is a legume and i just i don't know what it is this is probably how i learned cashews are legumes <laughs> it's because of seinfeld and it's from that line and and almost i don't know if i eat cashews without thinking of that guy and his delivery of i know a cashew is a legume but it's good stuff uh george is kind of you know we we get different spots about throughout the party as well george is apparently being pretty successful with the girl and- uh we then and since it's go
0: kind of like, yeah, like I said, it's kind of in different spots and kind of all over the place. I got to say, I always appreciate how cool Jerry is about mm-hmm. George getting laid. And obviously it comes yes. into uh, a stand-up bit in a little bit, but yes. before the stand-up bit happens, I do enjoy how Jerry's just, Jerry doesn't want to be there, right? He He's immediately, no, he's course. like, I want to go in 30 minutes, like, let's go. But the moment he finds out George might have a chance to, to lay on this girl, he's
1: like, okay, cool, do it. Yeah. And that's, her. that's what bros are for. Yeah, that's what bros are. Absolutely, that's what bros are for. Um, but yeah, before George makes that actual plunge, we get uh, one of the most just recreated lines and scenes. I'd say from Seinfeld, where this so obnoxious lady. Now, I I would say when I when we were I, I don't know if you did this when I was engaged, I would constantly. Call my wife, my fiance. Where's my fiance? Where's my fiance gone? <laughs> oh my gosh, I am without my fiance. And uh, she says it so pretentiously. I didn't, I know my wife hated it when I whenever I said that. She just, I mean, she loves Seinfeld, but she thought I was being obnoxious. And now, of course, I was, but I thought I was being hilarious. <laughs> but you you were channeling her, right? The the lady yes, from this. Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the point. It's her. supposed to be obnoxious. That's the whole. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, just the way she says fiance yeah. uh, is hilarious. And then on top of that. The great line from uh, Elaine fighting back when when she's talking about my fiancé, my baby, and Elaine comes back with, maybe the dingo ate your baby. (laughs) But, but dude,
0: before Elaine drops that that fantastic golden nugget of a quote, the look of of disgust on her face was I was cracking <laughs> yeah. up laughing because she was so off put by this lady's, with the way she said fiancé that she, mm-hmm. I, I just loved it. I loved it and we, I think we've talked about it before where Seinfeld is not the biggest sort of reactionary shot comedy. That's not really what it's yeah. about. Um, but whenever they do it, because I personally like reaction shot comedy, whenever they do it here, I think it's great. And Elaine's just look of disgust anytime anytime not just this episode but anytime she looks disgusted i
1: love it i think it's hilarious Uh, yeah i agree with that her face is hilarious when i think of reaction shot comedy my only problem with one for some reason when i think of it now um you know the show big bang theory and a lot of people hate on big thing you never watch it. it a lot of people hate on it I liked the the early seasons, but the later and later it became like the fir- the more and more it turned into just reaction shot comedy, and it was like particularly Sheldon does something ridiculous and Penny and Leonard, you know, reacting with their faces, ha ha ha, hilarious. And i was just like, oh, I got so sick of that formula. Um, but I, I, when it's used properly, it is fantastic.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's I, one I, of the things
1: that Seinfeld's never really dived into. Yeah, true. True, 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 true. Um but yeah. I, I do want to just call out I don't think I don't think I hear the word fiance and not recreate in my head that lady the way she says fiance. Like I just yeah. you just have to. It's, uh, and it's yeah. funny how
0: things get, like, sort of trapped in your brain like that. I mm-hmm. I kind of can't say the word manana without saying it <laughs> like uh, the black guy in The Crow when he goes, Halloween ain't till manana. And, like, for some uh, reason okay. in my head, I whenever I say manana, I say manana like he does. I thought you were going to go,
1: because Seinfeld has a manana scene as well. I thought you were going to go to that one. Nope, The Crow. I went to no. The Crow. Okay, The Crow. <laughs> um, question for you. Do you remember what? The dingo ate your baby. What is? What was that from? It's Meryl. Was that from anything? It's Meryl Streep. Okay. It's a Meryl
0: Streep yeah. movie, but I do not know. I want to say it's Quiggly Down Under. With,
1: no, <laughs> it's
0: with, with Tom Tom Selleck. But it's not. I know it's not.
1: Have you yeah, seen uh, Quiggly it's... Down Under? <laughs> No, I mean no. I know exactly. I've seen like the pictures and like the posters of it. Yeah, but I have okay. I, I just looked it up real quick because there's a Wikipedia page yeah. called "A Dingo Ate My Baby." <laughs> <laughs> so, so some quick some quick googling got it figured out for me. Meryl Streep played this lady named Chamberlain in the movie evil angels evil in which angels. she exclaimed the dingo took my baby so it's uh, not ate my baby but that's the line is and it kind of got i guess warped and now everyone so th- thinks
0: it's dingo ate your baby or ate my yeah. baby or whatever
1: yeah so that's oh, and, all right and
0: real quick real <laughs> quick right before i will say uh, watching this episode i never realized her referring to the fr- fiance is michael chiklis i didn't sh- i didn't realize when i was oh. younger that she
1: was the oh, host wait the a co-host. minute oh, wait what yeah, so that's that's that, her, The, the that's, lady saying the fiancé yeah. was the owner of the house yeah, with yeah. Michael Chiklis? Yeah. That's the same lady who gets angry later because they're so late? Yeah, with her—yeah, one squinty eye with her one
0: eye doesn't open on the way. Didn't,
1: I didn't—I I never made that connection.
0: Yeah, I me mean, neither, because I always thought they were married, right? But it's—that's—yeah. Yeah. I—I yeah. Yeah.
1: I got, I gotta go back and rewatch that, because I didn't, I didn't realize that was the same person at Oh man, And I think that's why
0: she hates Elaine so much, you know, at the end of the night.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, what she wants her why she's so I mean, I think it's fully understandable why she wants them gone because it's two o'clock, no one's there. Yes. Um you know, that's it's ridiculous. You know, George – okay, just moving yeah. forward with the plot. George takes the girl home and, and Ger- Jerry being, you know, a good bro is fully on board for it, you know. Hey, I get it. I would do the same for you. I'd, I'd go get stranded. Asterix before we were married. <laughs> Only yes, before yes, we were Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, of course. But <sighs> – but, yeah, oh, my God. So, that, I mean, that's why she is so specifically angry at them, them still being around. But for me, it just made sense that she would be angry because, like, I'd be tired. I would want to go to bed, and I wouldn't want them around. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm with huh. you.
0: And I'm and I, i I'm with you, too. I never realized it was the same lady until this time watching it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, all right, I guess. But before all that kind of happened, I skipped over a – oh, uh, just a couple things. I do – I like Jer- George's um, – he tells Jerry that, you know – this this eva or ava or whatever she wants she told him she wants uh george to make love to her and his response is i long for you which is <laughs> he couldn't think of anything and it's it's it, funny
0: yeah. And, and yeah I, I and it was a good uh, I liked it was a good reaction from Jerry where he was like well yeah. you know that's not the worst <laughs> thing you could have said yeah. but I, I liked how George didn't want to sort of like open up that much to Jerry yeah. it's such a guy <laughs> thing like you like guys like yeah we can talk about whatever and you know we don't you and I don't really have the relationship where we talk about like oh yeah this and that like you know, chicks yeah, or whatever I know. but it's like I, I know some yeah. guys do Um, and I and at the same time guys also don't want to like sort of like open up their most intimate feelings and thoughts and and stuff and uh and it was it was funny to see george squirm a little when he wanted to when he when jerry you know probed for that question or that answer yeah
1: yep uh but yeah but uh you know jerry kind of mentions that you know it's all part of the code and that's why you know he doesn't have a problem you know being stranded uh to let george you know have his fun but then we get a little stand-up bit about the code yeah yeah, which is this – I
0: love this stand-up bit. Um, he says, all plans between men are tentative, and this is, this is so true. <laughs> just all plans, and again, asterisks, before you're married. This is all before you're married. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yes <laughs> dears.
1: dear <laughs> wonderful wives of ours, don't worry. Exactly. Uh,
0: if one man has a chance to pursue a woman, it's as if those two guys never met. They're, it's like they can easily, mm-hmm. immediately just cut each other off you know, uh, uh, f- from everything, and, uh, it's, and that's the bro code. That's the male code, he says. Yeah. Uh, And it doesn't matter how important the plans are. Uh, They said they can scrub a space shuttle mission if the astronaut meets a lady on the way to the rocket. (laughs) I was like, all of that, every bit of that was perfect. It was I butchered it, but he delivered Mm -hmm. it very well.
1: And it's up there with one of my favorite Seinfeld standups of all time. It's it's good and and I mean obviously it's I think even better as a guy where you kind of understand yeah. you know where you you know you remember those single days where you know man you just you couldn't get me and in the chance to get some you would drop you and you would be so happy for your buddies to do it that it was like whatever you need man <laughs> yeah,
0: and and you remember in swingers that's why they all roll up to the party driving separate cars so they can all just leave whenever now of course all of this whole episode would be alleviated with
1: uber and lyft uh but i was gonna uh, <laughs> say the same thing yeah that it, with also with cell phones yeah because then they could just uh talk with kramer you know yep. one gps on his cell phone um you know or just like you know they wouldn't have to he could call them back and forth or whatnot uh, to get either fix the directions uh, and then also with Lyft Um, I I, I don't know why I want to make sure I mention this you brought up swingers I think that movie kind of sucks ass
0: oh you know what? I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not the biggest Swingers fan, bro. I liked it okay. when I was like sixteen or wherever the hell people, it came. Yeah, out. people,
1: people in like high school and college, yeah. like, oh, they mean, woo, Vegas, baby, and yeah. like they love this. But like, you get older, and like this movie kind of sucks. Yeah, I'm, it's dude, not, it's not special. Okay, yeah, cool. you're you're
0: 100. I am with you 100 percent on that one, but I do think that that one scene illustrates the point perfectly.
1: Yeah. Well, I got, I got like a, a buddy who, who I think Swingers was his favorite movie for a long time but he definitely has moments maybe more than just a few moments of being like that bro type uh and i think i think swingers kind of ties in with that yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah all right uh i don't believe he listens to the podcast so <laughs> maybe he, i'm not sure if he knew who, if i'm talking about him or not but uh all right. he's so. sitting in his car with one tear yeah. <laughs> rolling down his eye yeah, exactly i'm sorry i'm sorry carlos <laughs> 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 no, I'm just <laughs> anyway, uh, Kramer eventually arrives. Uh, you know, it's his whole story of how he got lost and whatnot. Uh, and I, I, uh, I want to call out a couple inconsistencies that I got from Kramer. Him just getting to their apartment, he says he has a convertible at this point that he couldn't get the top back up on his convertible we have seen his car in the parking garage and it is a brown hard top sedan it is not a convertible so it's like a buick you know or something like that mm-hmm. um it is not a convertible so maybe he has multiple cars is that the, something that we're trying no to figure out? i
0: don't think that's going to happen and you're 100 right there and also too he said that the uh in the same scene he said the the papers blew out the window. I would imagine uh-huh. he would say they blew out the the top, right? At the top, yeah. You you
1: don't use that kind of um, yeah. you know vernacular when when you're when it when you have a, the top down. That like, is you just don't say, weak yeah. writing.
0: That's just weak yeah. writing,
1: right there. Yep, one hundred percent. So yeah, we, obviously we both caught that. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of that. Although I will say another thing that I I never noticed before was when uh, Jerry was given Michael Chiklis the note. He was writing with his mm-hmm. left hand. I never knew Jerry Seinfeld was oh. left
1: handed. Huh, I didn't. I didn't notice that, but that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I'll have to pick up on if we see more of him writing in, <laughs> in his left handedness, or if he switch switches it. And he was just fucking with us the whole time <laughs> with that episode. That that's eh? true. That there you go. That would be good. <laughs> That would be funny if he kind of like switches when he's like his writing just to like screw with us <laughs> and we have no idea. Uh, but yeah, so he gives he gives uh, Steve, a.k.a. Michael Chiklis, his uh, phone number and address if he's ever in Manhattan to go kind of look him up because he's grateful for that, you know, them stick around, staying around at that party for so long. We then cut to Jerry's apartment. Uh, apparently, he's not feeling so great from uh, driving out cold, and so he's you know, he's about to go out to the drugstore uh, with George and get some drugs to feel better. Uh, and Steve shows up unannounced uh this is obviously you know a few days later or something like that that's a horrible move yeah to show up unannounced absolutely i do i do not
0: not tolerate that at all <laughs> my no. time is way too valuable for you to just pop in
1: yeah absolutely especially like yeah for a guy you don't really know at all who also you know is in show business so you don't even know if he's around or whatnot yeah so it was a, a weird you know idiotic move but that's the whole i think kind of just yeah what chickles's character is supposed to be like, um, but another really weird freaking thing, in my opinion, is you know Jerry's on his way out and he lets Steve stay at his his apartment. Yeah, like he is Jerry, and consistently throughout this show, he is way too trusting of like everybody.
0: And even to make it even worse, Michael Chickles puts his fucking feet up on the the the. the <laughs> the fucking table with his shoes on i'm like yeah. what the
1: fuck's what is going on here absolutely in an apartment that's not yours it's that's yeah ridiculous um one thing i did think was strange jerry says he's heading out to go see a friend the friend we know is george who george was invited to that party to my in my knowledge so why didn't he say oh i'm going off to see george shouldn't george have some kind of connection to the fiance? i mean now there is it is potential that the lady was the connection and not that dude but still you think you would say you know oh no, i'm going off to see george he was from the party or something it just again i think it's poor writing that's not the way people would talk you know because george is the connection to that guy into that party so why would you just say oh i'm just going off to see a friend yeah that's strange to me
0: and maybe it's probably because it would have brought michael chiklis with him out to the pharmacy away from the apartment and yeah again i i think this and then the Kramer dialogue earlier, it's
1: just, it's just bad writing. It's just not really good. Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, at the drugstore, George uh, is upset that things are now gotten kind of weird with Ava. Uh, oh, one thing that actually we glossed over completely. As George and Ava were leaving the party, she had a fur coat on. And that upset Elaine uh, that she kind of, you know... Called that out. I mean, it's not really important, other than it comes back later in a little joke. It's it sort of comes back later to a smidge sort of. of a
0: joke, but not even with a mm-hmm. joke with Eva. It just comes in a different
1: joke. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah I it, It's and I, and I got issues with that one too. But yeah. um, anyway, apparently things have gotten weird now that they're sleeping together and they work together. It's now it's all unfortunate, and we kind of get some. We're cutting between this this scene with them at the drugstore and. Uh, Steve at the apartment because Kramer then pops in uh, and he recognizes the guy and he went, you know, he's going to get some drinks for him because the guy wants to, he wants to come party. Apparently that's a a guy you just met, you know, Hey, let's go get drunk at his place for some reason. I mean, that's an adventure for Kramer. Kramer's always down for an adventure. He, he is, he is always down, which which you gotta love that for. I I do. love (laughs) Uh, Back at the drugstore, George, wants to steal the medicine that Jerry was going to get because it's around $10. You know, this is the comeback of, you know, the $10 that he feels he's owed uh, by the drugstore. But the security guard catches him. And I kind of recognize the security guard. He's a character actor that I've seen in multiple stuff, but I, I couldn't name anything that he's in like you know off the top of my head without going to imdb or something
0: yeah i i checked him on imdb you know he's been in everything from like hill street blues to you Mm -hmm. know uh saint elmo's fire just he's and he's always you know character actor stuff but yes i'm Mm -hmm. with you i recognized
1: him i was like huh
0: he looks sort of familiar
1: yeah yeah definitely seen him around uh but he gets caught uh, which is, you know, ha, uh-huh, George of course getting caught for, you know, being stupid. Uh we cut back to the apartment with Kramer and Steve. They're drunk. <laughs> and I do like that they cut back to Kramer finishing this joke. You know, and, and you know, he's something like turns brown. He says, "Well, I followed the instructions and they're just dying of laughter." And we have really no idea what the hell they're talking about, but they're just having a great time and so I, we're all finding it funny. Yeah. Uh, and I wrote down
0: my only yeah. note out of all of this. Dude, I only have two notes during all these like back and forths. One is mm-hmm. George is such a loser.
1: The other is <laughs> I want to get drunk with with Kramer. It looks fun it does look fun man it looks very fun and off the top of his head steve decides you know oh hey i want to i want to call like an escort service and kramer knows the number five 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 love off the top of his head uh and then we kind of cut to a little bit later and jerry gets back home and there's this escort named patty who apparently hasn't been paid all of her money from steve and he's just like laughing and giggling and he's we're gonna go get his ride and head back to uh, Long Island, and so he doesn't. He gives zero shits. So he just kind of like walks off, and Jerry is kind of stuck. He's gonna pay the money so to get her out of his place. Um, and as he's paying, these cops come in, um, and uh, hilarious. So oh, it looks like he's buying buying a prostitute, and Elaine pops in at the same time. The, here's the kind of comeback. The prostitute has like this fur coat on, and. You know her question is that real fur? Uh, and then both Jerry and the cop kind of step away and say, "Here we go." And Which I is a call. Uh, go ahead. No, no. What, no? What were you going to say? Did you did you think that was lame? I I thought it was weird. Um, one I get it, Jerry doing it because we've seen Jerry notice it before. But like, why does the cop also do it? Like, it, uh, we have no setup with the whole cops here. Like, why did one? Why? I mean, why did the cops even come to the door? Like, I have no idea. They just all of a sudden showed up yeah. for no reason. Yeah, so... Maybe, my, maybe there's loud... You know, maybe maybe Steve was drunk and you could hear, you know, noise ordinance or something.
0: Yeah, but. my 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 first note is Patty is a big woman. <laughs> She's she <was> taller than <laughs> than, uh, yeah. than Michael Chiklis. And uh, yeah. my second thing is I... Sadly, I kind of liked the cop doing the same reaction as Jerry. I don't uh, know why. I kind of like that whole... It comes from nowhere. Uh, you, that, I, I know... It, In logic speaking terms, it doesn't make sense in like a world scenario, but – yeah. I, again, just like with reaction humor, I also like humor when two people who are kind of like at opposing odds, mm-hmm. obviously Jerry and the cop, you know, he's arresting him, whatever, when they both react the same way to something. I just like that set up to a to a punchline normally, yeah. and I just – I always think it's funny. I always think it works, and I think that right there was, was fine enough,
1: was fine enough, you know. It, it makes me feel like there was a scene or a couple scenes cut with cops – and, you know, maybe something else. I don't know. I feel like we sh- we were supposed to know – have known the cops yeah. when they came in or known that guy or seen him before or something. Um, but but it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. Honestly, I didn't hate it. But it's just kind of like – just it felt somewhat confusing. Like a good bit of the story in this episode. Yeah, yeah no, and, and – Just and confusing. Yeah, and, and as
0: like – yeah. As an episode where I'm like all over the place and I'm like, oh, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is kind of funny. Oh, this is weird. You know, yeah. it, it like that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, oh I chuckled at that.
1: And then, you know, it's on okay. to like the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we kind of get a little bonding scene of Jerry and George talking about the different officers that they had, you know, when they were in jail um, and, you know, who they liked and disliked and shit like that. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, but it, again, it felt just kind of weird and i felt like there was supposed to be something more with that i i don't know honestly if i needed it um you know that that little scene with jerry and george um uh, but I, it, whether whatever. you need it or not
0: i do always yeah. like it when like jerry doesn't seem to get phased by things kind of like when he no. got that ticket for peeing you know and it, I it, was, got, it was
1: very similar to that yeah honestly it was almost the exact same scene of that just used again yeah
0: yeah, I, I do,
1: but I but, do. But I mean, like, obviously, they did it before. But yeah, yeah,
0: and I do like Jerry's devil may care attitude. Sometimes
1: I do enjoy yeah. that. All right, uh, well, then we finish up with a stand up about favors.
0: Yeah, yeah, this one again. This this stand up is is pretty makes sense he says you can measure the size of a favor by how long someone pauses when they ask and he says small favor small pauses big favors mm-hmm. big pauses can you drive me to the airport you know he does some sort of mm-hmm. you know example yeah. but it, yeah hey it's it's applicable it it makes sense you know
1: exactly but i mean cory yeah i need a favor <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a big one buddy <laughs> <laughs> anything are their big pause big favor (laughs) yep uh, and then let's go into our general discussion. How about how about you start us off? Yeah. So this was
0: an absolute roller coaster for me. I <laughs> went into this episode assuming that it's going to suck because we knew what happened. We knew that it got moved and everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, there has to be a reason for this. So I'm watching it. You know, the whole first part of the sto- at the um, the party. I was like, oh, I really enjoy pretty much all of it. Kramer's little mm-hmm. weird bit of dialogue at the end aside, I thought it was was all applicable. I thought it was all pretty funny. And I was like, oh, the dingo's in it, you know, that scene Mm -hmm. and everything. And then, you know, the the stand-up about, uh, you know, the bro code, I was like, that's fantastic. And then halfway through the episode, when they leave Long Island, it just spirals out of control I don't Mm -hmm. find Michael Chiklis to be a believable character after that and all to the point where I (laughs) find him to be a different character than he was in Long Island I thought his character was kind of nice in Long Island kind of sweet and then he's a piece of crap here. I I don't know like I get it everyone's uh, you know people are complicated creatures but it's a 22 minute sitcom you if you're going to introduce a new character in one episode they kind of just have to adhere to whatever broad strokes that you want to give them um but I just Think the episode just plummets after the midway point mm-hmm. and they come back. There are some funny bits. I, I like the final stand up. You know, I think all the stand up in this is decent. Um, and I, I think there are some funny parts here and there in the second back half of the show. But Boy, was it just a, a, a wild ride! Just all over the place, just writing thematically,
1: you know. Like everything was just a weird
0: episode.
1: Uh, I agree. the The inconsistencies um, definitely hurt it, but it, it had some some very solid moments that I liked. Um, but yeah, like the the things I want to call out that I disliked a lot with it was, you know, which were mainly from their story. Was it, it just it made the episode have very little flow there was not a good flow to from scene to scene to just the story in general when you compare it to something like like the statue you know when race takes the statue and just kind of how that whole episode flows or the library um that whole episode is a is a i think a fantastic flowing episode where each kind of thing leads to another and whatnot that you're seeing in that episode this one it just feels as you put it very inconsistent all over the place but the funny moments are there yeah you know i I enjoyed yeah that that particularly the party scene. Um, I enjoy, yeah, cr- getting drunk with Kramer seems like a fun time, even though, yeah, those like I, I totally agree with you that Michael Chiklis, not the best character, and not, and, and he is not very believable, because, again, he is inconsistent. Um, and it bothered me that I got almost no closure in this episode. At the end of it, uh, we get no closure with Steve, who is kind of that asshole, and he just goes off and he's the end of that. Um, we get no closure with... George's relationship for all we know he's still with Ava. Uh he you know he doesn't say I'm going to leave her or any shit like that. Um it's just nothing got really wrapped up and I, I wish there was something. So that's why I felt like story-wise and flow-wise it had issues. But the funny moments were great. Um the dialogue in general had some good spots to it. Uh and so that's why I kind of give it right in the middle. Uh, you know, where there was some good stuff, but then the bad flow hurt it. So two point five out of five fiancés is <laughs> what is what this episode can't say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned the statue because in the shooting order, the statue mm-hmm. is the next episode after this. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then it goes then it goes the heart attack and then the revenge. So then, you mm-hmm. know, they he George quits the, the job, the job and there, yeah. The first part of the of the of the episode when they were up at the the house in long island I thought they could they were actually going to get away with it because George was so vague about the people that he worked with. I could have just been like, "Oh, you know, that's that's he's just the people he knew from before or whatever from mm-hmm. his when he was working there." But then when he starts talking about how he's dating her at his job, I was like, "Okay, and then it just crumbles there." But I was yeah. like, I was like yeah. you almost had it. It could have fit if you just <laughs> changed the dialogue a little bit. But yeah, they shot it in season 2 and moved it over. Yeah. But I'm glad they put it out because without it, we never would have gotten the Dingo Ate Your Baby is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a cl- that is a clip show moment yes. right there and I gotta wonder I gotta wonder if that first half of the episode saved it from the the, the bin the trash bin the whole yeah. like episode from the trash bin
1: I, I, I would probably agree it saved it from the trash bin of my heart <laughs> yes yes, it did yes it did alright Corey where can we find you out in this wild internet yes sir
0: uh, you can find me every other week on podcasting after dark with me and my buddy Zach we talk about uh, cult horror and action movies from the 70s 80s and 90s. You can also hear me every week talk about comic books with my buddy Tess on ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And then you can hear me occasionally, especially I think, what, this week? Right now, you can hear me on the Blast From Our Past podcast talking about RoboCop 2 with you,
1: Adam. That's right. Uh, A lot of our episodes are with me and my brother talking uh, everything else, nostalgia, mostly TV and movies and music, etc., but every now and then, we have the honor of getting Mr. Corey of the Cartwright Seinfeld podcast to join us uh, for our series that we're calling The Sequels, because it's basically we're doing a sequel to an episode that John and I do that's obviously a sequel to one of the movies that John and I talked about. And Corey and I just do a, you know, it's always a little shit show. And he and I are both, uh, we're alpha talkers. And so, <laughs> so we couldn't do like a full episode of movie and TV and casting, because that would take god awful way too long and so we just talk about the movie but we have a good time doing it and uh and so we put one of those out as you put it as you mentioned about robocop 2 recently and we i remember we recorded it a while ago and so we finally got it got the time to put it out but it was it's fun man and that's a ridiculous movie (laughs) (laughs) it's very ridiculous and it's a ridiculously fun episode of a podcast
0: too so i highly suggest you guys all check it out i i loved recording it i loved editing it it was a lot of fun yeah thank you guys so much for all your five-star reviews and your your love on apple podcasts and spotify guys we are just blowing up the charts we really really appreciate it and we could not have done it without you guys and hey if uh if you like the podcast recommend it to a friend or leave a review either or it's wonderful just tell your friends about it we're having a lot of fun over here All right. Until next
1: week. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing, man. You said it perfect.
0: All right. Until next week, we are going to be talking about the alternate side. And I will see you on the alternate side of this podcast. The flip side. The flippity flip side.